Anyway, uh, got to back out of these uh, Lord of the Rings memes that I'm looking at. (laughs) (laughs) What's the what are the memes? Uh, Well, I you want me to describe memes? (laughs) I I want you to describe the memes, Tom. (laughs) Well, send them in the chat. Does anyone else want to introduce the show, or do you want me to do it? Go ahead. All right. Welcome, guys. This is episode three of Recording Live. I'm Dexter Jacobs. Matt Martin. And I'm Tom. Tom doesn't have a last name. I'm Tom um, like Cher. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, so last week we talked collections, uh, and Lee was here for that. He couldn't make it today because uh, of some rescheduling issues. Sorry, guys. Um, but today it doesn't matter. It's it's me and Matt's collections that we're going to be talking about, um, and I I had a couple other thoughts on things we could talk about if we had time. Judging from last week, we won't. So we probably will. Uh, they're at the bottom of the list if you guys are interested. I don't know if I should mention them yet, if just in case. But yeah, so I don't know. Catch up this week. I know. Matt started watching Rick and Morty. How, how do you feel about that now? I finished it. You finished it? So what, yeah. is it three seasons? Uh, it's four, but the fourth season's only five episodes. And I mean, it's just standard yeah. television, so pretty much a season's about three hours. So I pretty much just kind of spent my uh, afternoon uh, just watching pretty much a season before uh, getting ready and going to bed if I didn't have anything else going on. I think it's good. But I think it really peaked after season two. Interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't I, think season I think I three just, was very good. It wasn't? I didn't think so. And the fourth season's fine, but a friend of mine, he once I told him that I really liked season one, I, I very much enjoyed season two. And season hmm. three kind of lost me, where I think I may have even of I think I watched maybe ten, five, ten minutes of one episode, and then <laughs> I just went to the next one. <laughs> oh, man. And he told me after I said that that yeah, he did not like season three either, and season four's uh, hmm. about to return, I think next month with the last half. So okay. I I think the show is very good. And Tom, when we were talking about it at the beginning of this week, you said that. You've been interested, but you've been surrounded by people who talk about it nonstop, where it turns you off. And well, I, I've so I've seen I've seen the first two seasons and a couple episodes of season three, and I would pretty much agree with with your sentiment so far as as far as what I've seen. That I really enjoy the show. I like a lot of what it explores. But yeah, I think what I was talking about was that I I was. I was very put off by it just because of some of the people who are really into it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I find, and I think it's died down significantly since yeah. the whole Szechuan sauce incident and the oh, quick, yeah. quick episode drops and everything. But like some of the fans of the show are just really obnoxious. I had a friend uh, who told me the same thing. And, and that, you know, like it's just people and it's great that it reaches so many different people and people yeah. enjoy it. But like, I can't help but feel like they like it for completely different reasons than I do. <laughs> I like the, um, I like a lot of the plots, 
but I like some of the one second jokes or gags and yeah. like background jokes and stuff Those like that, or things that just kind of happen. And Rick goes, don't pay attention to it. Like yeah. there's, uh like some of those gags like just real quick one of my favorite gags is i think it's it's not a callback it's i think it's just a quick segment where they're in the garage rick is working on something he says morty turn the uh i need to have complete darkness can you turn off the far left light switch and he walks over you hear one click nothing you hear another click the lights go off and then another click and he does it and he goes, okay. He turns him on and he goes, he makes a comment saying, Morty, did you mistake a click for another click? And he goes, no. And he's like, I'm pretty sure I heard three clicks. Did you hit another one? And he goes, yeah. He's like, all right, come on. And they get in the car, drive up to a space station, uh, go to a storage unit, open it up. And it's like 30 people in hospital beds and they're all flatlined. <laughs> and he just goes, get a shovel. But Rick, get a shovel, Morty. And uh, Morty just goes into another room and you hear him hit a light switch again. <laughs> and that like that is one joke that I kind of had to watch again because I was losing it so much. It's not part of the plot or anything. It's essentially a family guy call back, uh, a family guy oh. like uh, callback, but or not a callback, but Reference. a uh, just a deviation. Mm-hmm. And oh, okay. yeah, I think it's the opening of an episode or something, but yeah, I can't yeah, remember, yeah. but it's only like two minutes long, but it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like... It does have a lot of good, a good bits like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I like how, like, they start a whole storyline, and then, like, and you think it's going one direction, and then it just kind of, like, does something completely different just because Rick didn't feel like it. Like, uh, there's one I remember recently watching, and I'm really, I'm only on, like, the second, like, beginning of the second season, but, uh, and the dad is, like, somehow in the flying saucer with them. And they're just like, oh, how'd you get here? He's like, oh, I'm so excited to go on an adventure with you guys. You're like, oh, yeah, hold on. We just need to go make this one stop over here. And then all of a sudden, like, this nurse approaches the dad, and, she, and she's just like, okay, I just need you to come over here. He's like, oh, oh no, 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 I'm, yeah, with, yeah. I'm with the them daycare. over there. He's like, oh, sure you are, honey. And it's a daycare yeah. set up for the transdimensional dads. And there's just, like, hundreds of them in there. Yeah. And he, like, teams up with, like, the five who have been left there for, like, ever. Mm-hmm. And... and and then they and then Rick and Morty just go off on their adventure. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's totally really, inconsequential. It's just fun. Yeah. And I love how that episode just ends with all of them trying to hook up a VCR and there's just like 20 different televisions and they're just in like groups of five trying to hook up a VCR. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good gag. I mean, one I think one of my favorite episodes is still like there's there's a couple, but they mostly are season one and season two. I think the yeah. premiere for season three and four are pretty good. But, yeah, it's just kind of a mixed bag all over. One of my favorites is just uh, Rick gives the dog super intelligence. Oh, oh yeah. That's, like that, that's a really good episode. Or the but, one yeah, I, everyone I understand his popularity. Yeah, yeah. I, I do understand it. And, I mean, I was talking to another friend, a mutual friend of ours, about it. And he says he loves it, but he also just hates the fandom. And... I mean, I guess the biggest thing is, I mean, I'm I'm a victim of doing this myself, but 
this is a show that I've I've spent a week watching. I haven't gone to the Reddits or the fandoms or anything because I I kind of don't want to. Mostly because for seven years I've heard about this show and I just didn't care. That was yeah. the thing is I didn't care, and um I just kind of but I've seen it and I I made the reference uh the um the comparison. It reminds me a lot of Adventure Prime Adventure Time where it's kind of exploded and it's all by people that you're kind of just roll your eyes at. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's got a following. It's, I think it's on, yeah, it's four seasons and it's already seven years old, which I didn't yeah. know it was that old. I didn't know it started yeah. back in 2013, but it's a cartoon network show. And you know, one of my favorite shows is venture brothers. Venture yep. brothers, I think is on seven seasons and it's been on for 17 years. And it's mostly oh, because man. even if it's a popular, popular show, they don't get, like, Cartoon Network gives pretty much the bare minimum budgets to make stuff, even if it's popular. And I think mm-hmm. it mostly, I'm just going to assume, it's because they know they can just whore it out with merchandise and stuff like that. Well, and, yeah. I mean, with, with Venture Brothers, I know part of it is at least, like, the first three or four seasons was literally all done by two guys. It still like, kind of <laughs> is. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's part of why, like, they make a pretty polished product for not having a very big team. So. Yeah, and that's that's another thing is I think the I think Rick and Morty looks okay, but there's the animation like the like the fluid of the animation is really good. A lot of the designs are really bad looking. Like anytime there's a human or a crowd of people, they just look stupid. On yeah. what I show? On Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah. I think people have of like offset, offset eyeballs and noses and face. And I'm always like, is this a gag? I can't tell. I think, yeah. I think it is supposed to be that way. It's sort of a, like, why are you looking at this person? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but a- I think it's, I think it's a solid show. I do. I do understand it's following. I'm glad I finally got to check it out. Other than that, I also marathoned all the resident evil movies. Oh, wow. How many are those? Six. Six? Yep. Wow. Yeah, I pretty much before Rick and Morty, I finished that off because I think I started it before we did the last podcast, and I think it was Sunday or Monday. I finished them up. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't watch the Japanese ones, which are all CGI. Those are good. Hmm. But I did watch all of the live-action ones, and they're kind of guilty pleasures because they're not very good movies. But it's they're kind of just weird because I think it was by the fifth or sixth one. I kind of was getting flashbacks of the last Star Wars movie, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the biggest problem with those movies are they had no co- they had no plan after mm-hmm. every movie. Right. These movies are all written by one guy and direct mostly directed by one guy. Same guy, but he mm. didn't direct two of them. But he just kind of ignores stuff from the previous movie and just goes <laughs> in a completely different direction. That's kind of obnoxious, but yeah. they are kind of guilty pleasures. Uh, I've heard they're better than you expect, I guess. They, I remember liking them. Yeah. The first one, I think, is pretty good. You originally recommended it to me, Dexter, I don't know, back in high school when it came yeah, out. Yeah, I loved Dude, it. I watched it. I enjoyed it. The second one is okay it's really kind of stupid and i can't really understand a lot of the decisions like the biggest problem i have in that movie is 
like for zombies, they they brought in dance choreographers for zombie movement. And this is a bonus feature. This is the stupidest thing ever. The dance coordinators are interviewed in the bonus features and they very much talk about how they wanted the zombies to move as if they were underwater. And so they have an extremely fluidic motion to them. And I'm just looking and going, and this is back, you know, 16 years ago when the movie came out and I'm watching this going, well, yeah, obviously when rigor mortis sets in, you have a very elegant fluidic motion. Obviously. Yeah. That's just science. Yeah. It was really (laughs) stupid. And I still think that's really dumb. The third yeah. one is a wonderful ripoff to George Romero's Day of the Dead. Is yeah. that the one where it's like Mila Jovovich just like running around in the desert? Yeah, it's Mad Max with zombies. Okay, yep, I've seen that one. I saw it yep. when I was on TV. Yeah, it was yeah, alright. It's fun. It's got she great like, special effects. There's like a bunch of like zombie ravens that she just like blows up. Yep. Yep. Okay. It, it's. Uh, I think that's probably when the the movies got really great, and then Paul W. Sanderson mm-hmm. came back and directed the last three. And he very much was, let's make these just like the video games. Yeah. And that doesn't work. <laughs> and but, <laughs> like the biggest problems with these movies is it's Paul W.S. Anderson making his wife the star of them and making all of the main characters from the video games the supporting cast. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the problem with these movies is that none of the main characters from all the video games are main characters they are side characters and that's kind of weird I, I did find that strange in the first one that like they didn't have any of the characters in it well the first one was kind of supposed to be an adaptation or a prequel to the first game yeah sure. and, and that's what it that, felt yeah. like for sure yep well and then yep, they that's ended what he with went like, for. and then, then kind of weird... just went to garbage yeah yeah so that that's kind of been my week. I marathon those. I kind of do want to watch the Japanese uh, CGI ones because those are actually really good. But I did just watch those about eight months ago, so it's not really been something I've been like, oh, I should I should do a watchathon of yeah, this. Yeah, not ready to revisit it. it yet. Yeah. What do you mean by CGI? You just like computer animated? Yeah, yeah, they're just animated. They're they're animated uh, movies that take okay. place in the continuity of the video games. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, they're good. They're fun. Um, the the they were straight out of Japan, so they are dubbed. But the dubbing mm-hmm. is really good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I think they are fun. The only problem is if you don't know a lot of the fiction of the games, they can be confusing because hmm. the first one came out in 2008. I didn't know a lot about the video games, just the movies. I was pretty confused by them. So over the years, Mm. I've gone back and watched a lot of the video games or read a lot about them. So now the last time I sat down and watched them, I did understand a lot of stuff because it is very much these movies are not made for people to go, oh, cool, Resident Evil. I know these movies or I played the first one. They are kind of strictly for the diehard fans. Right. It's Mm. lore packed with lore. It's good stuff. I, I like it. <laughs> Thanks for killing that, Tom. Hey, you're welcome. Hey, uh, did you start talking about collection. Uh, yeah, we uh, sure. Um, well, <laughs> you did something, Dexter. You said you rebooted in uh, your indie comic. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, yeah. We don't have to talk about it too much. Uh, I just was gonna note that I rebooted indie comic ninja. 
uh, I, I did an interview on Friday with Austin Hamblin. Uh, and hopefully this week I'll be doing an interview with, um, with Anthony Harry up in Minneapolis. Uh, but Austin, he just, he, he seemed very available, I guess. And it was just such a fun time talking to him last time. So, uh, thought it'd be a good, a good chat. So, and it was, it was, it was was fun talking to him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really have anybody else lined up quite yet. So I need to send out some emails. Um, but I don't know. I'm just excited to talk to people about comics again. Yeah. What it, is Indie Ninja, Indie Comic Ninja? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, uh, I guess for people who don't know, Indie Comic Ninja it was a podcast from three years ago that I started. Uh, my first interview was with Tom. So, thanks for yeah. that guy. Um, but, you know, that was like, what, there's three, four, five, or six years ago. But, um, yeah. <laughs> that, that was a while ago. Yeah. But yeah, I just interview indie comic uh, and small press creators, uh, just talk about the process, any struggles that they've had, what's fun about it, going to cons, and just really just talk comics and see what they like and and how they do what they do. Um, I've talked to writers, I've talked to illustrators, I've talked to collectors, um, I've talked to a publisher, uh, in some of my older episodes so i think this time around i'm going to try to make an effort of actually getting some people who maybe have worked for image uh so we'll see how easy that goes um but yeah i don't know I'm a little more, i'm i'm just excited to to kind of do it again i stopped doing it just because uh having kids and just not really having the time mm-hmm. um but i feel like as long as uh people are up for being interviewed after eight o'clock uh <laughs> <laughs> i can have the time to do it now so it's good right yeah, so I'm excited. You know, and, and especially now, <laughs> people not being able to go to cons or, and stuff, hopefully they have time to do an interview. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, by the time we're recording this, uh, San Diego Comic-Con was canceled. Yeah, right. somebody pointed that out to me this week. I was like, oh, oh fun. Yeah, sure, well, of course it was, yeah. Cause I, well, that's at the end of July, isn't it? Yes. So, yeah, whatever. We're going to be dealing with this until 2021. Oh, probably. No, we're we're going to. Even if uh, uh the states reopen and everything, we're going to be dealing with this for the rest of the year. There's yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like even if things peak and we start do- dwindling, you know, the thing is, is with COVID going on, the hundred thousand dollar death toll is not something that we're expecting in the next few weeks. It's it's expected to be hit by by September. And we're almost halfway there. Yeah. So yep. yeah, it's this is something we are going to be dealing with for the, until 2021 maybe. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I guess big news in comic books. I don't know if it's worth talking about or if you guys even know anything about it. Uh. But Diamond announced that they're going to start distributing again. Uh. I think mid May. Yes. Very. Uh, and, uh, and like the next day or the same day, DC announced that they have two new distributors and they're not. I don't know if they're going to be using Diamond at all. Probably not. Um, and from from the tweets that I've been following, I guess a lot of comic book stores are very upset about this for some reason, even though they've been asking for more distributors. Now that DC has decided to use more distributors, I guess a lot of stores are complaining now. Oh. Uh, 
<laughs> I wonder if a lot of the complaints are coming from the fact that DC is also the company that didn't care about any of this and said yeah. we're still going to make our comics. And the fact is, is that DC says we're now going to distribute our own stuff or we're going to have someone else do it. And comic book stores are still closed. Yeah, yeah. there's that, too. I mean, well, Diamond, though, like they even announced that they're going to start distributing again. But it's oh, just... I, yeah. I don't know. And like, I get my comics by mail anyway. So I guess I don't, I, and I, it sounds like a lot of people are, are moving to that method now. And I feel, I like it. Cause then I guess I don't have to worry about getting missing a comic or, you know, if I can't make it to the shop that week, but right. I don't I haven't know. bought a physical comic in six years. Yeah, I get that. Digital one yeah. digital. And I don't regret a single thing of it. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I really, I just like having, I mean, I'm sitting here at my desk surrounded by at least a hundred comics right now, like <laughs> on display that I can see. Uh, oh, so I, mean, that, I just, I stuff. like, I mean, if you want to frame like, them or anything like that, I totally get, but it's like yeah. one of those things that once I got an iPad and I gave digital comics a try, I just went, yep, this is it. This is fine. I'm cool with this. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I get that, I guess. I just, I, I like I like the logos. I like the art. I mean, and it's I all guess, there physically. It's all there digitally. Yeah, and I get that. And, and maybe this is a good way to segue into the collections because go ahead. That's uh, <laughs> that's one of my collections is is the comics themselves. And I I don't like to have uh like just mass quantities of of comics. Like I don't have long boxes. I have one shelf of comics that's about full. And I have more shelf space that I can move more onto if I start needing it. But I I tend to get rid of comics once I'm done with them. Um, I try, but like I don't I don't like to do that. But it's just I I, I have a hoarding mentality, so I just ha- I have to. I can't hold on to things yeah. uh, for too long because I've had so many collections throughout my entire life. I think I had a stamp collection when I was a kid. I had a <laughs> bottle collection for way too long. Um, and yeah, even now, like, I think I might have the longest list of collections. Uh, that's <laughs> kind of long, but yeah, like, so pretty big, <laughs> I guess to, to, to really, to, to like list out my collections, I collect comics, I collect original art from comic creators. I collect some, I collect, uh, art from other types of artists, but I, I don't, it, I don't get too much of that. Cause that can get really expensive, really. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, original comic pages, and then I also collect figurines. Uh, so I have a lot of my old toys, I guess, out on display. But um, I have some legends. I have one of the black and white Batman's, a couple of Funko Pops, some Mini Mates because of Matt. <laughs> but uh, but the thing about all this too is I'm very, it's very curated. I don't just like buy it because I see it. Um, I hem and haw over every purchase and I only get the ones that like, I feel like I like actually mean something to me and hold value. So like, so for comics, like I'll buy here and there, I'll buy a comic just because I think the cover looks cool. But really what it comes down to is I, it has to be the ones that are on display in my office. It's like either a character or a writer or illustrator that has meant something to me at some point in my life. So like I have a lot of um, uh, Wolverine, I guess, because I just grew up loving Wolverine. Um, I have a lot of um, 
cable because I've always just been a huge fan of cable. But then like I have um, a bunch of Chris Pacello because I love his art style. And when I first got back into comics as an adult, it was from Wolverine and the X-Men, the Jason Aaron run with Pacello as the as the illustrator. So I have a lot of his stuff. Uh, Spider-Gwen hit a chord with me immediately. So I have the first issue she was in and a couple issues of her comic. Um, and then just a lot of comics that uh, Extremity, I have a variant issue that's like the Akira poster, but it's the Extremity comic book. Um, and I, I've yeah, gotten a bunch of signatures and stuff. So they're kind of the ones that mean something to me are hanging up. Um, do you have your, uh, do you have your signed, uh, the thing you had Shatner sign? Is that? Is yeah, that actually, I, I was looking straight at it when you said that tech world, <laughs> uh, I bought tech world, uh, number one, uh, off of, uh, a clearance rack that was at a bookstore in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, we were like traveling, where were we going? Colorado or something. I don't even remember what we were doing, but we made a pit stop in Lincoln and went to a bookstore and I just saw. Uh, and I was just looking for comics and I saw that like on this clearance rack, and it was outside, like in the wind, not in a bag or anything, just loose. Uh, and I was just like, Oh, William Shatner made a comic. And I just looked at it. It's like 50 cents. Heck yeah. So I bought it. And then I don't know, probably almost a decade later, I, yeah, he, I paid too much money to have him sign it. Um, I have a question about Shatner. Yeah. Does he actually write stuff or is it all ghostwriters? Um, so then to add to my story, la- uh, last November, when I went up to <laughs> Minneapolis, uh, Nicias, uh, what is his name? Nicias, Nice. I can never, he, he pronounces his name kind of weird, but he's the guy who used to, he would write X-Force, he wrote a lot of the old X-Men stuff. Oh, Fabian? Uh, yeah, Fabian. Yeah. I, yeah, I know who you mean. He wrote Tech World. Oh, okay. So I have his signature on there as well. And so then I, I pulled that out. Uh, and hand it to him to sign and he just looks at it he's like that's not bill's signature is it it's like yep that's his it's like it's like he's like that is that is not say shatner and i was just like yeah i know it kind of looks like he just wrote shit that is what it looks like he wrote <laughs> and uh and i asked him about it and it sounds like it just it, like it, they collaborated on it but that fabian was the one who wrote it yeah I understand yeah shatner has an enormous amount of novels that he's written star trek and tech war yeah. and comic and things and judging by his character uh off tv oh, and stuff like that his attitude yeah. and stuff and just his kind of social interaction with media and things i kind of <laughs> was starting to wonder if he was just completely full of shit and he just has ghostwriters <laughs> yeah, no, to write everything thing. yeah he's just putting his name on it as branding yeah well, i think the concept is his like sure. i mean it's the same thing as x-force like rob liefeld i don't think he really wrote any of that it's just like he invented cable he invented deadpool sure but fabian is the one who wrote it oh yeah, yeah. i mean that is something where deadpool was created and you might know the story a little better but he i think it was rob who designed it showed it to fabian and he said this is deathstroke yeah well it's and a straight it is a ripoff of deathstroke isn't it 100 percent. well that's not even an argument stuff is. i mean that's that's image that's founders of image in general is they <laughs> left and started their own things and yeah. they just kept drawing 
the their Marvel or DC characters in different colors. Yeah. And with more pouches. More pouches. Well, uh, you can add more pouches. Lee actually <laughs> sent me a tw- uh, an Instagram from Rob Liefeld where Rob Liefeld's creating his own new character, which is just a ripoff of another Rob Liefeld character he created 20 years ago. Nice. What's the character? Nice. Uh, I can I, pull it up real quick. I know yeah. he had the gag of Pouch Man, and it was just like it was just like a, a bunch of pouches in the shape of a human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> um, I so wanted so bad for that to be a comic. <laughs> yeah, it's a character. It's an archer named Bo, and Lee sent that to me and said, "This is Shaft, Rob. You're just ripping off your own stuff now." <laughs> Shaft? Yeah. I've never even heard of that character. I don't know. I'm, it's Rob. He's one bad mother. What? What? Shut your mouth when I say I'm only talking about Shaft. Never mind. I'm confused. What are you talking was, about, Tom? It was a Shaft joke. Oh, I'm not familiar with this character. So he a black has... cop. <laughs> yeah, black cop. He's a black cop. <laughs> Don't you remember Shaft? Yes, I remember Shaft. That's what he's we're talking. We're just talking about Shaft. <laughs> oh, we're talking about Shaft. Oh, my bad. I can dig it. <laughs> so anyway. So anyway. Uh, the other things I collect, um, I used to, I'm not sure I'm going to do it as much as I used to, but I, I, whenever I would run into anybody that I liked their art style, I'd ask them to draw me a Lobster Johnson for two reasons, because I like Lobster Johnson and because you can't find anything that is Lobster Johnson because he's not a popular character. Right. Um, and so people tend to have a little more fun with him, I feel like, because it's somebody that they've never drawn, so... I got like Eric Gapster to draw one, uh, and that looks really nice. And uh, uh, Daniel Warren Johnson, who's like known, he's still pretty indie. I don't, I think he just did a big um, uh, like Burnt Earth or something. It was a Wonder Woman, like I think maybe DC Black Label. Uh, mm-hmm. and it was real popular. It looked really good, and I kind of want to read it. But uh anyway i got him to do one and it's just like really gritty and very dirty style um looks nice matt was with me when i got it it was when we went to um was a spring con yeah because it was storming that day Hmm. um and oh i do remember that yeah yeah and i almost almost didn't do it yeah, because uh, the guy in front of me was like, oh, you got any more commissions? He's like, oh, you got my last one. I was like, seriously? And so I pulled out the sob story. And truly, the only reason I went there was to get him to draw me a picture. And I, we just made one too many bathroom breaks on the way there up there. We were 15 minutes after it opened. And yeah, so I was just like, oh, man, the only reason I'm here is for you. I drove through a storm. It's going to be worse on the way home. He's like, you drove, you drove two hours or what is it? Three hours up? Get up there. Three, four hours. Yeah. yeah, he's like, you drove four hours to get up here through a storm. He's like, yeah, just to see me. Yeah. All right, I'll draw you a picture. <laughs> he was pretty nice about it. He was yeah. very nice. He's seriously one of the nicest like illustrators I've ever met. Um, and he, it's a fantastic piece, and I'm so glad I did it. Um, you may not but, remember, but uh, almost two years ago now, uh. You gave me a T-shirt and said, "How about you draw me a picture of Lobster Johnson?" Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually, um, in the past month, I've kind of been tooling around with it because I remembered. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I wasn't going to bring it up. I finally got the t-shirt out, and I was like, oh, yeah, I have two of these t-shirts. Oh, yeah, there's a reason. Um, and I I have to say, like, I really enjoy Lobster Johnson. I really like anything really? even kind of related to Hellboy. Like, I just That's hilarious. I didn't know that. Comics I really enjoy. But I, I've been trying to draw them. I've done several sketches. It's really hard. Like, there's not a lot, like, what I'm struggling with, like, he's not a difficult character to draw, but it's yeah. really hard for me not to just try and mimic Mignola's style. Yeah. Like, I feel like because there's, he's just goggles and a claw on his chest. Like, he's just a guy <laughs> with a gun. It's really hard to draw him and not just, like, ape the style. Yeah, uh, no, I agree with you on that. Really, it is difficult, really, especially with someone's with yeah, creation like that. It is very difficult to try and put your own spin yeah. when the most prominent uh, visual media is by one person. Who has a very pronounced style. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so I'm I, working on it. <laughs> I mean, in, in all honesty, too, like what you could what I would be completely fine with is it you drawing like one of your characters dressed as Lobster Johnson. Like right. and and like it's interesting, too, because I was I've been, I was looking at these the other day and the styles that I've gotten are very that like just different. And like Eric Gapster's Lobster Johnson is a very like tall, skinny, like he looks like a pilot like that you would kind of imagine like just a very lanky man who, you know, just be sitting in an airplane and not like running around punching people, even right. though that's really what the character is, is somebody who just runs around and punches people, but he's dressed like yeah. a pilot. Yeah. So like Eric Gapster drew him to look like a pilot. And then Daniel Warren Johnson, like true to his style, like there's a lot of folds in the fabric. There's like the typography of like pow, pow, pow. And somebody's brains getting shot out, which is really <laughs> cool. Awesome. Um, oh, there's a guy, the first one I ever got, I think, uh, I, it was a guy on Instagram and I think he drew some transformers and I, his, I can't think of his name, Jin Kim, maybe Brian Hitch. No, like I think he did covers. I don't think he actually did full comics. Uh, but, or like he, he did some work for ID. Is it IDW? Are you talking about EJ Sue? No, I don't think so. Like, I think I th it was just covers and I don't know. But anyway, he just on Instagram asked for people to like give him ideas of things to cut, like draw. And so I just said Lobster Johnson and then he drew it and then he's just like, hey, you want to buy it? And I was like, OK. <laughs> <laughs> and so his is just like it's just it's just like it looks like a portrait. It's just like the face and he, the collar of his jacket. And that's it. Yeah. And then like. I don't know. It's really interesting because like several of them, it looks like lob like I, got, I actually have three of them where it's Lobster Johnson descending stairs. I don't know what the deal is with that. <laughs> it's a good look, man. You look yeah. Walking down stairs. I think if you Google it, like that's one of the images that like pops up frequently. It's, it's like he's descending down into the basement. Yes, 100% it is, because I'm yeah. at Google images a lot. <laughs> is it Jim Chung? It might be. I don't know. He has quite the, uh, he has quite the Marvel... Um, bibliography as well as uh, a lot of covers uh, it might be him. Marvel and yeah mostly Marvel uh, I'm going to spend some time what did you say his name was? Jim Cheung C-H-E-U-N-G uh, no the person that yeah so this is it it's uh I don't know what his uh, Jin Young Kim is the guy that 
Hi Ha Ja. Oh, I don't know who that is. I swear he did some work for like he did some Transformers stuff. Like legit hired to do it. But I think it was just covers. Like uh it might have been I don't know. And, and this was what? years ago. So I don't remember. I could be wrong. I very well probably am. Anyway, um oh yeah, and then my other thing is is that I buy um original pages. So I have five. I have one from uh Eric Gapster and Phil Hester from the comic Shipwreck. Uh oh man. I can't think of his name now. Uh I bought it off of Dexter Vines. Um it's a Captain America. Uh McNiven is the penciler. And then it's a Captain America. It's got a dinosaur, Dum Dum Dugan, and then Captain America like fighting off a bunch of Nazis, I presume. Um and then uh, Power Man and Iron Fist with Santa Claus fighting the Krampus, uh, <laughs> which I got mostly just because it's Santa Claus doing this power landing. It's a really fantastic image. Um, and then that's from Hepburn, Scott Hepburn, I believe. Uh, and then another one from him uh, that's Drax uh, fighting Fin Fang Foom. Uh, and I just have always been a fan of Fin Fang Foom because he's just such a silly character. You just like, some really good show notes uh, for this episode. <laughs> lots of, yeah, all of all the pictures, don't worry. Uh, oh, and then the one that I just bought, it's uh, Jeff Lemire's, uh, it's from a comic called Trillium. It's one of my favorite comics ever. Uh, it's basically a love story, like a romance, I guess. I don't, I don't know, it's not romantic, but it's a love story that spans, like, time. So it's about this lady in the far, far future, and, like, human race is almost killed out by this sentient virus. Uh, and the only cure for the virus is uh, the flower Trillium. And they found it like growing on like a moon out in deep space. And there are these weird aliens and they have these pyramids that connect to the pyramids in Central America. Hmm. And so then somehow that time, tra- like the pyramids are connected through time to, uh, I don't remember, like World War One era. And there's like this explorer down there. And so there's like some time travel. And so the lady from the future and this guy from the past kind of meet and fall in love. And then they trade, they trade places in time. And, but like they trade memories and everything too. And it's, it's, and it's just really weird. It's just a very trippy story. It's one trade paperback graphic novel, I guess. It's not a very long series, but I'm just a big fan of Jeff Lemire. It's, uh, it's a, it's a watercolor style. Um, it's a very striking image, I suppose. The one I have, it's um, it's a, a guy was trying to blow a hole in one of the pyramids, so it's just got a big explosion, some nice typography. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. As far as my figurines too, like uh, I I have uh some what the Marvel Legends. I have Cable, the X Force, Cable, Wolverine, and Deadpool. Um, but other than that. Oh, yeah, I have Groot. Matt, did you get me Groot? I got you the, um, yeah, it is, it's a Marvel Legends figure. It was a Build-A-Figure that came out when Guardians came out, and then for Guardians 2, uh, Toys R Us released an exclusive of just yeah. the Build-A-Figure parts with a new head and came with yeah. a baby Groot in a pot, and so I picked that up and gave yes. it to you. Okay, so I have that, and then for whatever, I had that, like, at work. Um, and so then a guy at work bought me, um, the Groot Lego, like a, a Lego Groot. And so oh, then yeah. <laughs> I saw that when the teenage Groot came out, I was just like, okay, I guess I'm a Groot collector now. <laughs> I I so I bought the teenage one. So I have every age of Groot now. 
<laughs> like it's uh, the the potted the pot the baby the teenage and the full adult group and then the lego group um and then i collect cable figurines in general so i have two funko pops of him an old one from like the 90s actually two 90s figures and then um i don't know what that series is called where he's got like a it's it's like fully posable but it's really meant to just stand there and it's got like a base and stuff it looks like ron perlman <laughs> nice. yeah which i'm not a big fan of that but i like <laughs> i like the figurine a lot he's really cool so i guess uh kind of backtracking a sec to your comic collection oh, yeah. you said that when you were a kid you got into comics then you you got back into comics as an adult do you have do you still have anything like that you collected um, when you were a kid I might have my dad's. I should actually ask him about that next time I go over his house. Cause uh, I know I had uh, like if back in the nineties, you go to Walmart and like, this is before they would reprint comics as trades. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could buy them in like bundles. Like they would sell them oh, in sure, like a, yeah. in like a thicker plastic, like the bubble. I don't know what it's called, but like you have to use the scissors to open it. Yeah. The blister. Yeah. Uh, and I remember I got the Spider-Man clone, like the end of the clone thing where uh, the clone dies. Um, and that was like a really horrible like series because like his clone dies and um, I think there's they have a miscarriage like him and Mary Jane. Oh, it's just geez. like I remember just as a kid being like mildly scarred by it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just like. <laughs> never really having read spider-man before but just like having seen the cartoon just being like what is what are these like (laughs) this is what the comics are um but i know i had some like x-men or my brother at least did and so i actually one of the one of the comics i had fabian sign was uh, a crossover with x-force and spider-man and i don't know that they are the the originals that i had but i know that i had them as a kid and so i think i rebought them like i found them i probably actually honestly got them at half price books now that i think about it uh so that's nice but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but they're mcfarland covers i just realized that i didn't realize that at least the spider-man was because he's probably yeah he was doing spider-man at the time but uh yeah so i got fabian to sign one of those and he pointed out that cable's gun is just a uh, overcompensation because it's just this massive gun uh but and then oh i also i know i had some um aladdin comic books that i really liked because it was just the movie and i liked the movie (laughs) but i don't and i i know going back to my dad's like he has some there's some transformers comics there just a couple and i know i don't think i ever really read them because i didn't i don't think i was that interested past the cartoon um well, and the one that he had was about, like, the mechanic and not about the Transformers themselves. It was about just, oh, like, this dude. Oh, yeah, I know that one. And so it was just like, oh, there's not a whole lot of Transformers in this. Like, why would I bother reading it? And so I just didn't. <laughs> uh, it was during Bob Budiansky's time as the writer. Okay. It's well, he... different. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess as a kid, I kept interest, uh, in Spider-Man and the X-Men mostly, uh, a little bit of X-Force just cause I didn't know the difference. Um, and then as an adult, yeah. So, uh, it was after I was married, I think right out of college, um, I got a wad of cash for Christmas 
or my birthday, I can't remember. And we were watching a lot of Big Bang Theory, uh, which I'm a little ashamed of. Um, but whenever they'd go to the whenever they'd go to the comic book store, I was always just like, man, that looks like fun. <laughs> I don't know why. And so just for whatever event, I got a bunch of money. I was just like, I'm going to go blow this on comics because I'm an adult and I can. <laughs> and it was right. It was right when New 52 came out. And so I bought a bunch of, I bought, yeah, Batman and Nightwing. Uh, and then I was just like, I I knew I, I loved Wolverine. So I went and saw what there was. And it was right when Rick Remender's uh, Uncanny X-Force run came out uh, with Jerome O'Pena drawing it. And he has a really cool style too. And so I bought that. Uh, that was an intense storyline as well, because it was about like Apocalypse coming back, but he's still like a kid, because like he just got reincarnated. So oh. the, they're like hunting down this child, and it's actually really funny. I don't know how funny, but they like they finally get to him, and like they're about to kill him basically. Basically, and Deadpool's the one who's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, guys, we're we're not killing a kid, are we?" <laughs> uh and then like so then they all stop and like they're arguing about it it's just like wow deadpool like that was a series that really made me like like deadpool because like even though he's like just this crazy over-the-top guy like he actually like it really pointed out just that he has these morals and and like when it comes to kids especially like he draws the line and he's he kind of becomes a protector Mm -hmm. uh and it made me it made me enjoy the character a little bit more very next page they shoot the kid in the head uh, yeah, Phantom X uh, out of the blue just shoots the kid in the head. Uh, well, and that's because Phantom X was like built to do that. Like, and he, he and he's a robot, so like he was kind of programmed to. And so it, it gets better. Uh, they the Phantom X clones the kid and wants to mold him in a better yeah. image. And, and Deadpool <laughs> and he calls himself becomes his like surrogate father. Yeah, yeah, and so then that's where you get uh, Genesis. Is that his name? Yeah, he's still around too. Yeah, it's a, he's an interesting character. Like I, I, I couldn't. I had a hard time really getting into that because that kind of gets into Wolverine and the X Men territory, and that was like right after I think Jason Aaron uh, stopped writing it. And I kind of that series it was really up and down. Like it would get really good and then really crummy, and then they uh, I, they were just they were introducing a lot of new characters, and I had a I think. The, whenever you have like that many new mutants it's like they're not all going to be great <laughs> kind of thing so i don't know no, but i it, read a lot of it too it, it just lost so much it, it's a book that just kept constantly losing focus yeah yeah and that's what it felt like and i, I feel like every time like i'd get into it and so then i it's just like okay i'll keep this on my pull list and then it would start to kind of derail it's like, all right, I think I'm going to go tell them to stop. But then there'd be the, like, that's when the next issue of the next, like, story arc would come out and it would look good again. And so it's like, okay, I'll keep it. And so I just, I kind of buying it probably way longer than I should have, I guess. But it's interesting now because, like, all the new X Forces, it's got Kid Omega in it. And that's when he was introduced. And he's, he's a fun character now, now that he's kind of gone through his growing stage of oh, those. Oh, I'm going to uh, correct you there, Dexter. No, he's not good. Kid Omega was introduced back when we were in high school okay, and when okay. uh, Grant right. Morrison yeah. the X-Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot when that. It was, uh, he was a white supremacist. Yes, and oh. he kind of still was initially, but then, like, the whole Wolverine and the X-Men was kind of like a coming-of-age story for him. Yeah. And he becomes, like, a decent human being. They and, pussified him, but in a good way. 
Yeah, and he's just he's a very interesting character because like he's kind of well, really what he is he's he's a boy version of Psylocke because he has the same powers as her really. He's a, like, he's like the love child of Psylocke and Professor X. Yeah, but with like just a really really bad perspective on everything. Yeah, and an elitist he, perspective. He's an all. I guess the best way to describe he is an all right teenager before that was a thing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, and it was a good. What what made that that comic Wolverine and the X Men like a good series was that kid's attitude combined with Wolverine as like his mentor because like Wolverine like that kid could do anything to Wolverine and Wolverine would just persevere and show him what to do because he couldn't physically hurt a child that was kind of yeah uh, the positive and the negatives of that whole series because the biggest problem I had with the series the main villain was the Hellfire Club. But yeah, it was that a was teenage such a, version uh, of the Hellfire Club, and you horrible. couldn't do anything physically to them. And so that they were always beating the it X-Men was, because you such can't a, have kids get killed. It was such a like it was just a dumb version of the Hellfire Club too. Like I I hated that, and because it was yeah yeah whatever. I don't know that we that's worth talking about necessarily, <laughs> but. <laughs> Anyway, so that's what really got me back into comics. I mean, really what it was was uh, Rick Remender's X-Force. Um, and I really got into Nightwing uh, for a little while until the Court of Owls storyline came out. And I just couldn't stand that. Like, basically, whenever a comic, like, whenever Marvel and DC, like, gets really heavy into the, the whatever it's called, the the storylines that cross over all the comic, like it combines all the comics in one yeah, storyline. Yeah, yeah. The annual crossover. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm not going to deal with this. And then I just stop buying all the comics. Uh, it's a problem with comics in general, where they always have to yeah. have an annual crossover and they right. depend on you to buy everything. And it's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. And I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, reading now. Yeah. Kind of. Kind yeah, basically. Of. I mean, that's that's basically when I, I, I honestly, I just stopped reading DC at that point. And then uh, Marvel kind of got into uh, Original Sin, I think, is when that started. And I tried to keep up with that because it looked interesting, but it just got too much. And like, it was, I just I can't read that many comics. I'm sorry. Uh, and so i just i didn't know what was going on anymore i lost interest and so i just that's when i basically made the move over to only really reading indie comics anymore um although now i do i I try to keep up on x-force just because i like x-force um but really that's the only i feel like mainstream comic i still read anyway so yeah i mean i I like to think that i tricked my wife because i i I was not at all into (laughs) comics we got married and then what six six years into our marriage all of a sudden i just became obsessed with comics so I, sorry I just <laughs> on. that's good uh but yeah so that's me and my collections i guess what what you got going on matt um well i have a lot of collections uh I'm, I'm not gonna divulge too far into them not even due to time just because i just don't want to in a sense of drawing this out so long but yeah. Um, my primary collection is Transformers. I've always been a big collector of Transformers. I have gotten out here and there momentarily, but I usually only collect two things. I collect modern interpretations of the original figures, and I do. I am a pretty big fan of the live-action movie figures. Like They mm-hmm. released a new toy line called Studio Series, which started in... 
I think 2007, 2008, it was for like the 10th anniversary of the movie, the first movie. Mm. And they're very well, good quality, high end quality figures. Mm. And I didn't I didn't collect them when they first came out just because movie figures are kind of a hit or miss for me. The designs are I overall think the movies aren't that great. I'll fully admit that I won't defend most of them, but I thought you liked them. I like the first one, and I really liked Bumblebee, and then well, yeah. the four in between are kind of hot messes, and I'll fully admit they're hot messes, but they are guilty pleasures, and uh, I usually only collected the Decepticons from the movies, but over the past six months, I did get all of the Autobots from the first movie, just because oh. I got one, and then I think I picked up another and then it's like, well, there's only four of them in the movie, so why not track yeah. down the others? And so I did. Uh, but it's a very small shelf. Like, in my office, I have three bookshelves just filled with figures. And it's mostly all the original 80s characters, but mm-hmm. modernized. And only about two to three shelves of the movie stuff, which I still love. I mean, the biggest thing about me is, I'll fully admit, I like to play with my stuff. Like, I, yeah. I don't buy it throw it on a shelf and let it collect dust. I like to like some people are kind of like I've sold some collections in the past and I I usually get a remark of, wow, it's kind of worn out. And it's like, because I want to play with it. Like I am a big kid. Uh, I do not understand people who keep stuff in packaging for the most primarily not like, cause I have a couple things in packages. That's one thing. But I know fans cause I am part of community fandom communities who literally buy it. And then just put it on the shelf in its package. And I don't understand that. Uh, I like, like, if I see a figure that I own that is all the paint's worn out, all the joints are um, loose, and it's got cracks, I don't get upset. It means I got Mm -hmm. my play and worth out of it. And that's most of my stuff. It's made to be enjoyed. It's made to be used. Yes, exactly. I enjoy these things. And so... Uh, I, I collect a lot, uh, probably kind of too much where many, I do kind of sometimes How many Transformers look. do you think you have? How many? <laughs> uh, it, it's more of a question of who I don't have. <laughs> and I don't even mean that as a joking sense where I do, my collection is broken up in the years mm-hmm. of their, the character's creation. Transformers came out in 1984. I have a shelf solely of the 84 good guys and the 84 bad guys and the next shelf is 85 good guys and 85 bad guys it's broken down like that and it's more or less a question of who i don't have and it's not even that i didn't get it it's just who hasn't been made yet so i mean i do have a very large collection i really couldn't tell you how many i have because you know a a character that's like the size of my pinky that is a character and that is a figure so it's not even like I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I do have some favorites characters that I have multiple iterations or figures of, but I've never been someone that I can label myself as, oh, I collect figures of this character, this figure, uh, this character and this character. Yeah. Um, I I don't really have too much buyer's remorse on some of them. Like there are some figures that I can actually say, oh, this isn't very good. But I still am someone who tries to find the good in everything that I get. Mm-hmm. And there's only been a couple here and there. What? That's a good attitude to have. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. Like, I'm not, like, someone who just it wants to be negative over things that I, I obsess over. I do try and find the positive in a little bit of everything. 
Uh, yeah, but there's been a couple things here and there that I get and I say, this wasn't very good. Um, but I don't just rub it off and throw it in a box and forget about it. I do try to find some joy in it. Uh, but yeah, I, I own a lot of Transformers. It's not even just the toys. I own all the shows. I read all the comics. Uh, I, I, I have a very large passion for this and i've tried to get out of it but i i can't um <laughs> it's a very much a plastic crack addiction mm-hmm. and yeah I, I think i've sold my collection twice and it always burns because after a year or two i go back and i want to hunt it all down and it's very much expensive to get it the second time i learned that oh, sure. you, yeah, you yeah. sold them twice i, I have remember I, once I, yeah i've sold i've sold my collection twice in the oh, past man. like 12 years um i haven't i mean I sold it back in 2007, and then I sold it again in 2009, and then for the past 10 years, I've pretty much kept myself uh, to stop doing that because I know it it stings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Transformers has always been my passion, and you know, I don't own the original stuff. I just can't bring myself. I think I only own an Optimus Prime, and I own a Bumblebee, and that's it from the original 80s toys. I don't like the original toys very much. Mm-hmm. I like I said, I like to play with my stuff, and the original toys are bricks. They have no articulation. Oh, they yeah, yeah. can't do oh, anything. Yeah. Yeah, and sure. so, and they've been re-releasing them. I don't own a single one except a Bumblebee, just because yeah. I have an original Bumblebee. And but yeah, it, original toys or retro collecting is not something I I I I don't understand people who do it. Obviously, mm-hmm. they have an attachment. I get it. But it's not something for me. So most of my collection is just all modern. Like I, I think the everything I own has probably been produced in the past ten years, ten to twelve years. Hmm. And yeah, it's just a passion of mine. I do kind of look and go, well, I'm getting older. Can I still keep doing this? That is a question that I think about a lot. So sure, sure. Uh, I wanted to get out of it about a year and a half ago, and that didn't end up happening. Like I was pretty adamant on saying I'm done collecting and. Hmm. Pretty much, you know, it's just let's keep making these, and so I keep buying them, unfortunately. <laughs> but I do have to limit myself yeah. on what I can get. Uh, I, you know, I'm also the other big thing in my collecting is I'm a huge Dragon Ball nerd. Like I, I absolutely love Dragon Ball as a franchise. I like the original Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, and I like Dragon Ball GT. I own all of the books, the manga that it's all based on. I own the entire uh, TV media, like on DVD and Blu-ray. And I also started about three years ago collecting these high-end collectibles called Figuarts, which are from Japan. They're 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 extremely poseable and they're really awesome. I have a a very large collection of them. I only wanted to, I saw them for, I mean, they've been around for almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I never cared about them. And I just told, always told myself, if I get one, I want a Vegeta. And so, I don't know, three years ago, uh, I finally just uh, did it. It cost like $50. And so I bought a Vegeta. Mm-hmm. And now I own like over 20 of them. <laughs> and their $50 is even being kind. Like they're yeah. very expensive. Uh but I, I like them. I like them a lot. They're pretty fun. I think I have, I think one comes out every month now. When I first oh, started wow. collecting, I think it was one every three to four months. 
I think I have the entire year pre-ordered right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah are they, well, I know that one of the times when you did that, you got a character you didn't care for. Uh, there's a couple. Yeah, there's okay. a couple that I don't really care about, and they were just indulges. They were, it yeah. was pure buyer's remorse. Not to say it's a bad <laughs> thing or anything. I have no attachment to it. It's a video game character. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's kind of the thing is I bought it and it's not a bad figure. It's there's nothing wrong with it. It's just it's a character I have no attachment to. And I personally just didn't divulge into the video games. So it's a nice looking figure. It's very attractive. But, yeah, it's just it's one that's kind of in the back of the shelf. It is visible, but it's not one that, you know, comes off the shelf very much. So for the the rest of the year, though, like it's characters you're looking forward to or do you even know? No, no, I know. Um, uh, I can pull up right now. Um, There's. I just, I just, I thought I remembered you saying when, like, when the the one from the video game you came, and you forgot to cancel it. I guess that you, yeah, yeah, I thought you were gonna stop. I guess pre-ordering them, but no, no, it's just I, I was gonna cancel it because I just didn't have an attachment to her. Yeah, yeah. I forgot, but there's a couple coming out. Um, there's another Goku coming out that mm-hmm. I have pre-ordered. There's a Vegito, which is Goku and Vegeta fused. Um, oh, that exciting. one's coming out in November. So mm-hmm. I have that pre-ordered. Zamasu, who's a, a deity, I have him pre-ordered. I have Captain Ginyu pre-ordered. I have another nice. Goku that's pre-ordered. Um, I have a lot of these. Uh, the only one that I have not ordered as it's vegeta as a giant ape Mm. oh yeah you were telling me about that one yeah yeah it's uh i would like it it's big i think it's how tall is it it's it's a foot tall and these things are about six inches tall so it's it's very big it's 180 dollars and i can't justify that no yeah (laughs) now who's to say when it comes out in july it won't be in the collection. I'm not uh-huh. saying I would buy it. It's possible I could, but for yeah. mostly, it's like that's too expensive. It is very pretty though, but uh, I. But the thing is, is I also have quite a couple that are San Diego Comic Con exclusives too. Yeah. Hmm. So I have a couple of those. I have a Gohan from San Diego Comic Con 2019. I have a Goku Black from 2019. I have. Uh, sell my sell figures actually mm. from San Diego Comic Con. Um, cool. They're not, and they're not. It's not like they're super overpriced. They are pretty much retail uh, priced from the convention. So yeah. it's not like I put too much money, but yeah, I mean overall, I have spent a lot of money on these, and I, I do enjoy them though. I really do. A couple of them are broken, not from playing with them, but I did have one that fell off the shelf, and his feet are broken off. But oh, no. you. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I can buy it. I can rebuy it. It's not like it's sold out, but I just haven't bothered. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that I, I love Dragon Ball a lot. I still read the manga. It's the only manga that I read that I've read because I'm not really an anime fan at all. Yeah. Uh, and I don't read a lot of Japanese manga. I think I have only read Dragon Ball and Attack on Titan. And so, but yeah, it's a, it's a passion. It always has been. I've been a fan of Dragon Ball since I was a kid. So I got out of it for a very long time, and then they brought it back with a new show and stuff. So mm. kind of sucked me back in. Yeah. Um, well, and, and growing up too, like when uh, Matt and I were friends, what since third grade? 
fifth grade? Yep. No, no, whatever. Uh, <laughs> our friendship to me is longer. Um, but <laughs> aside from Star Wars, I remember Dragon Ball Z was like a thing that really that we I feel like we really yeah we watched a lot of it in middle, yeah. in middle school. And then after getting to know Tom uh, and when Wizard World came, I think it was that first year, we each went and bought at one of the vendors uh, Dragon oh, yeah. Ball. Yes. Yep. We each have a, our own separate number Dragon Ball that we have. Uh, I still have mine. Uh, I, I had to fight to get the four star from the vendor, but I got it. Oh, yeah. He really didn't want to sell because he wanted us to buy the whole set. Well, he mm-hmm. wanted to. He had, they had a box of individual ones to sell, yeah. and they didn't have the four star. And I mean, if you're a Dragon Ball fan, you know the four star is important. Yeah. Uh, and I asked for the four star, and he wouldn't sell it to me. But the owner of the vendor, because the guy that was talking to us, he was just a he was just a guy that was working there. The owner, w- I, when he's uh, the guy said he wants the four star. We don't have a four star. That the owner guy who. <laughs> He was a short little Asian guy. He just ripped open one of the complete boxes and pulled it out and gave it to me. <laughs> hey, dude, a sale's a sale, man. Yeah, and that's how that guy viewed it. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got that. And, yeah, I think it's 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 somewhere. I think it's on a shelf right now. But, yeah, that that's that's a fun thing. I always wish we could have had, like, seven friends uh, yeah. each have. Yeah, it doesn't bother me much. I'm just happy I have one that... I guess you guys do too. It's a fun yeah. thing to have. Yeah, it is. It's a really cool, like it's a really well-made thing. Yeah. It's a solid chunk of plastic, but it feels yeah. like glass because it is straight up the size of a baseball. Yeah. And it's extremely heavy. It's cool. I used to have um, mine on a lower shelf and my kids kept picking it up and they're like, oh, does this bounce? I'm like, no, 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 no. Give that to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so now it's on a high shelf. <laughs> uh, comics. I I do I used to collect comics. I don't anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. Not very much. I think I only read like one comic now. And if what it comes read? back, that's awesome. But uh, I was at one point attempting to read a lot of comics, and I just dipped out. It's when Marvel tried to do a restart, mm-hmm. and I tried. Oh yeah, and yeah. Ten, and I dropped them all after about two months. Uh, yeah. When DC tried, mm-hmm. uh, 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 and with Rebirth back in 2012. Yeah. I think I lasted about six months and dipped out of those. Uh, I do have, I still buy, like I said, I buy digital comics. I have for a long time, but I still buy graphic novels. And oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my collection of graphic novels is large, but also limited in the sense that it's, it's, it's series that I have bulk of. I have the entire Walking Dead series. I have the entire Invincible series. You're going to see a trend here. I, I am a huge fan of Robert Kirkman. I have all of Battle Pope. Oh, I yeah. have all of Marvel Zombies, which was done by – the first two were done by Kirkman. And I have everything by IDW with Transformers. I got every graphic novel. I got the whole thing, and they mm-hmm. rebooted it, which I haven't picked up, but I don't know how I would even get them now because every store that sells books is closed. But it's not that big of a deal. I just mean, email them, and they'll ship them to you. I could do that. It's, it's just not a priority. I get that. Um, yeah, comics have always been a big thing. I do still own the first comic book I ever, own, I ever had. Oh, what's that? Venom Carnage Unleashed Issue 2. Oh, wow. Yep. It's what written, was that? Uh, 92. Okay. I think I, think uh, I played that video game. 
Oh wait, no, it's not Carnage Unleashed. It's um, it, I can It's it's a it's a Venom comic with uh, uh, with Carnage in it. It's not Unleashed though. I know what that is. I always get it mixed up. Uh, mm-hmm. because that was an annual cross, a big epic event. It's a Carnage book. It's a small. It was like four issues. I never saw this first issue, but I had mm-hmm. the second, third, and fourth one, and years later. I was able to read the first issue. It's written by uh, Simon Furman and drawn by Andrew Wildman, who are Transformer creators. I didn't know that when I was a kid, but uh, it's 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 an okay book. I, I do follow certain characters in comics unintentionally. I read mm-hmm. I've read everything that's by that's got Venom in it, like any Venom co- type yeah. credit. Uh, my favorite character of all time is and will always be Spider Man. So I've read. A lot of Spider-Man, but even now it's kind of getting difficult to read that stuff just because there's so much continuity. Um, there's a lot of Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tried to get back in with Spider-Island that came out in like 2011, 2012. Yeah. And I was reading Spider-Man for a very long time. And I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, I've read everything that's Venom. I do own the entire Army of Darkness comic series, and that's hmm. a piece of trash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Uh, but Invincible is really good. Walking Dead, I I read what I like. I don't yeah, read yeah, yeah. friends. I read Walking Dead before it was a show and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I know it sounds hipsterish to say that, but like I was reading it back in like 2007, and it wasn't even like out of popularity. I liked Robert Kirkman, yeah, uh, Marvel Zombies. So I checked out his zombie, his other zombie book that he was famous for, and it was good. And it ended a year ago, and Mm-hmm. It's still kind of not really hit that it's over, but I have all of that, and I do go back and read a lot of that. Uh, the other thing that I collect, uh, we talked a little bit about this last week with Lean stuff. I collect movies. Um, mm-hmm. I like movies a lot. It's my it's a big thing. If it wasn't, I mean, comics used to be my big media. Movies still are. Uh, TV shows not so much. But mm-hmm. one thing that I kind of have a collection of that is not really an even intentional thing is i do own a lot of movie and tv props like replicas and stuff oh yeah i wasn't really thinking about that too much but uh i own i own the autobot matrix of leadership from the original movie i bought that Mm -hmm. online uh i got it for free because i had to fight the ebay auctioner Uh, (laughs) oh wow yeah oh yeah i I forgot about it it came in a box that was completely destroyed and it had scuff marks on the bottom of it, so, and it was labeled new. And I had mm-hmm. to fight a dude in China you, uh, and his damn English translator and <laughs> threatened to – I gave him a negative review, and I, I told him I would take it up with eBay to get my refund, and mm-hmm. he finally just gave it to me for free, which I 100% think is justified because it was labeled new. And the thing was I took screenshots of the eBay auction, and he went back and he modified it. Oh, wow. Uh, During the discussion. It was like two days of discussion going back and forth with this guy, and he actually yeah. modified his eBay page to say used. That's fine. Yep, and I sent yeah. photos of it, too. And so he gave it to me for free. <laughs> uh, I have Lucille from Walking Dead. It's the barbed wire baseball bat. Mm-hmm. I own... Uh, I own a set of... A full set of Dragon Balls, personally. I do own mm-hmm. a full set of seven. Those are the smaller ones, though, right? They are. I can't really tell what's more accurate or not, but 
I always uh, felt like they change sizes. They do. They do. They kind of yeah. do. <laughs> uh, I do own an Infinity Gauntlet. Yep. Do you I, still have the Halo helmet? No, I sold that. Okay. Or I gave it away. I can't remember. Mm. Um, I own the Infinity Stones separately. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're just gems. They're yeah. just gems that I think I got for like five bucks on eBay. That they're for cosplaying. So. I own the Infinity Stones. You're the big cosplayer. Yep, and uh, I did just buy this the other day because, as you were talking about, sometimes I will just uh, in I will just buy something if I see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought the Ghost Trap from Ghostbusters. Oh, what? Yeah, uh, that's the all. Ghostbuster movie that's not coming out. They're still releasing the toys because they have to. Yeah. Um, oh, I saw awesome. the Ghost Trap the other day, and I bought oh. one. Here's the thing. It's almost a near identical uh, ghost trap that came out a few years ago by a Halloween shop. Oh, huh. It is one of the biggest mistakes I ever made. Oh, no. I didn't didn't talk about this at all, but I've talked to it with a couple other friends that like Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. Um, It's got lights and sounds, and it's supposed to open. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it didn't do any of that. Oh. I had to take it apart mess with some of the wires and i managed to get the lights and sounds to work but it still won't open and it's very cheaply made it's only twenty dollars and the thing is when i opened it i found out a bunch of the wiring got pinched during a mm. it's not the end of the world it's a neat looking prop i can say at least. yeah 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 but if i that find a pke meter i'm probably gonna get that like yeah. the little thing Egon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want one of those. And I, I know like that I had one when I was a kid. Yeah, I had it too. When I was a kid, I loved yeah. Ghostbusters. I had the Ghost Trap, I had the Proton Pack, and I had the PKE meter. Oh, man. I think and my cousins had the the trap. But yeah. Trap's fun. Yeah, it was a it was an yeah. air push thing. You stomped on yeah, it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, air man. would shoot up and uh, open the trap. I had that. Yeah. And so this thing, it's... Uh, it's one of those buyers beware. It's very cheaply made. Yeah. It'll look nice. It'll yeah, look nice it on a shelf. It's a cool looking thing to have. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I unintentionally own movie props. And I mm-hmm. it's not even like something I've gone after. But I did order a, an actual movie prop this week that's coming out at the end of the year or by the fall that I'm excited Shit. for. Yeah. I told Tom about it. I ordered the Necronomicon from <laughs> the Dead. Of course you did. I'm surprised you don't have that, actually. It's never been released. Oh, really? Yeah, this is the first actual release. They made a hmm. version of it that's a DVD. Yeah, the DVD case. Yeah. Oh, yep, which okay. I do have friends that own that. I've never owned it. Um, it's kind of a pain in the ass, because if you want to put it on the shelf with your other DVD. Yep, and it's <laughs> completely falling apart now. Like mm. I've oh, seen yeah. a lot of pictures where it, it is just leathery. cheap. Yeah, it's just cheap foam latex, and so they fall yeah. apart. But mm. uh, I saw that uh, a shop is making that and mm. the dagger from Evil Dead and stuff, and I think it was like $80, $90. But it's actually a book that opens up, and it's filled with pages from that were drawn. And so I kind of said, you know what? Like that from is the one movie? of the neatest-looking things. I'm going to pick that up. So I pre-ordered it. I'm excited. It'll come out probably, I don't know, it says third quarter 2020. So uh, that'll be a... Uh, That'll be something kind of neat to put on a shelf that will yeah. totally raise some eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. But uh, 
Um, that's kind of all my collection stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess one thing to highlight is like my favorite Transformers that I have. I, oh, yeah. My favorite character is Shockwave, purple guy who turns into a gun with a yellow eye for a face. He's one of my favorites. I do own quite a few of him. But I think one of my favorite figures ever is Reflector. It's three guys that turn into a camera. Oh, yeah. I love that <laughs> it's pretty guy. pretty neat. I like it a lot. I own the uh, retail version, and then I own the version that was supposed to be released at HasCon, which was Hasbro's convention that got his on, like, indefinite hiatus that they just released into their store. So, huh. yeah. yeah. I have to Great. say, it's really impressive to, like, watch you, like, actually transform those. I think that's quite a skill. Like, yes. I didn't have a lot of Transformers growing up, and every time you hand me one of yours, I'm always really worried that I'm just going to <laughs> rip it to pieces because that's I don't know the, what I'm doing. <laughs> that's kind of the other problem with my distance from the movies is I do own quite a few movie toys. Like I said, they released them. I still got to watch videos of how to change them because they're kind of overly complex. Sure. Like right now, the pinnacle thing that I'm getting is uh, they're making Devastator from the second movie, all the construction vehicles. Mm-hmm. That mm. was just a giant hunchback monster. Mm-hmm. There's two more figures out of the eight, and it's been <laughs> a two-year commitment because they didn't release them all at once. They've released them one at a time, and so I've got two more to get to complete it. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. But cool. yeah, that's that's all my collecting. Like like I said, I collect a lot of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's. I feel, I feel like you do a good job of displaying that, cause like it's oh, not like okay. it's not like I walk into your apartment and feel overwhelmed by your collections. It's all in my office. Granted, there's that, but like you do have a lot in your living room still, and like yeah, there's some on shelves. Uh, but I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like you do a good job of displaying it, and it's not overwhelming. Yeah. Even like in your office, like everything's up on shelves. You you take care with them. It's it's good. Yeah, yeah. I I very much want to appreciate this stuff. So yeah, there's mm-hmm. stuff on shelves in my living room and things like that. But for the most part, yeah, I keep everything on shelves. Um, I do have a bunch of bins filled with stuff that I keep mm. in the closet and stuff. But I don't yeah. like stuff being all strung all over. Yeah. That is if I have company. Uh, when no one's here, <laughs> there's usually quite a few that are on tables or uh, on desks and stuff because I play with them. But for the most part, That's I fair. do kind of like spend an afternoon just making sure everything is put away. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that's it. One question I do want to ask you guys is, is there any collections that you don't like or you don't understand? Because we are, you know, we're big nerds and stuff. We do see stuff in social media and things, or we do know about a lot of things that we see at cons and stuff. Is there anything that you guys observe or I, see, but you just I, don't understand why people collect it? I mostly just don't understand, like, the when collecting turns more into a a hoarding sort of situation so like or just like the fact that like people who just buy funko pops because they're funko pops it's just it's just like oh i've seen that character i'm gonna buy the funko pop i read that comic once i'm gonna buy the funko pop yeah not because you have a a real connection to it but just because it's a thing to collect yeah yeah and and i mostly just find that irritating then because and i know tom you have um no emotions on this but when you walk in down like uh artist alley especially and you just see a wall of funko pops being sold by a vendor and it's just like i don't want that here i want to go talk to some comic creators but uh yeah (laughs) yeah but but I, i i yeah i don't know and i just i don't know i don't get that aspect of it it is what it is 
Yeah, no, I, there's a lot of like there's a lot of aspects to the the uh, like to collecting itself that I I really don't understand. Like there are things that I used to collect, and then I just sort of like realized like nothing happens when I have all of these things. Yeah, <laughs> my mini collection. And, and I don't even like some collection? of the things I'm collecting. Uh, my mini mates. Remember, I was big into those. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they're in a bin, and yeah. I really, I was judgmental when those came out, and then I got addicted to them. And it was only about a five-year thing where I was collecting a lot of them, and then I kind of realized this is a giant waste of money. And yeah. I got out How of much it. And are I think, those? Those are kind of expensive too. For yeah, they're they like are. dollars for a two-pack, but I think the thing is, is, the company that makes them diamond, I don't think they really even make them anymore. They huh. went the Funko Pop method where they started making like four inch tall, unposable, action orientated ones. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I I think I think that the, the problem that I have with some of the things like like Funko Pops and, and I I I own one now. I am not What do you I'm, own? I, I own a space marine. They made uh, some Warhammer forty thousand one. Oh, that's um, neat. And, but like <laughs> So that's the thing, like, is that that's what I realized it's really good for, is that it does make things that otherwise you may never find a figure, a three-dimensional thing for. And that's yeah. cool that they do that. Um, but, yeah, just having Funko Pops, they don't do anything. Like, having no. them, most of them aren't even bobbleheads anymore. And like, uh, only marble ones are. Like, they don't, they don't do anything. Like, I feel like most of the things that I do consider myself a collector of like I can still do something with them, you know. I gotta yeah. build and paint my models, and I can play a game with them. I, I can read my books. I can play my video games. But Funko Pops collect dust. Yeah. So, so those kinds of things I, I struggle with when people are really into that as just like a thing to collect. It's like nothing happens when you get all those, and you can't even really do anything with them. I I've seen both sides of it. I own. A, I have a couple friends that do collect Funko Pops. Very. Uh, adamantly um mm-hmm. uh he, a friend of mine who listens to this he does collect <laughs> them so uh, but i think it's mostly characters like we talked about that they have attachment toward yeah i own I probably the most funko pops out of all of us but that's even limited i think i own less than 10 but most of them are gifts from my parents and they're not just ones that my parents see and go he might like that because he likes collecting toys they're all things that i have a. Uh, a fondness for i have a yeah. bob ross i have thanos um i own a groot one that glows in the dark that one was a gift from a friend from a loot crate he just gave it to me because he knew i like mm, marvel movies yeah. uh the ones that i actually sought out and did get were the jaws characters yeah dude <laughs> <laughs> Which I I'm gonna say right now we ever get together and play that Jaws board game. Which we yeah. we all get one to represent our character. Nice. Um, yeah, I I have I some Funko Pops are a weird thing because there are people like us who have an attachment to a character that wouldn't mind have one. Yeah. But there are plenty of people that literally just buy the cases when they come out. Oh yeah. Well, and it's. I think I think another aspect of it and, and another aspect of, of sort of just collecting for the sake of it that I find frustrating sometimes or I just don't really understand is um, the uh, the constructed value. Like, yeah. oh, well, we're only going to make uh, 600 of these like gold plated ones, which actually have less detail than the so regular sad. one. 
but people eat it up like it's, yep. it's just and they're just doing it to make money and mm-hmm. it's like yeah there's a resale market but like it's only worth that to people who want it like it's just like that's where it really falls apart for me and it's just sort mm-hmm. of like this is just some some weird like money game that i just don't get yeah no i 100 <laughs> percent agree with you on that it's it's very much it's worth something because someone says it is yeah and yeah that's it uh the i mentioned it during transformers i don't like retro collecting and the mm-hmm. thing that i i hate with a passion are reaction figures Oh, what's yeah. a reaction figure it's those figures that are everywhere that are based on the articulation of star wars toys where it's just an up and down on the arms and legs and a head turn like the original yeah. star wars toys of the yeah, 70s and but 80s they're just, it's oh. modern stuff they're remaking for like, which i don't yeah. get classic which i i agree that but at the same time i have a lobster johnson one yeah. <laughs> that's the only one i have of that so, but yeah it's the same thing where it's like, hey, this is cool, a cool way for me to get a figure that otherwise I would never be able to get. Like, it's yeah. a thing I like that I wouldn't be able to, like, nobody ever made a toy for this, or if they did, they're all gone. Like, yeah. that's cool. Like, and, and so I think I think that those things can exist for that purpose. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree, like, I, I, it seems like a weird thing to collect. It is. I don't get it. Like, I understood when they first kicked it off with, like, some real... Like, I think some of the first ones, I think, were, like, the Goonie figures. It's like, yeah, here's yeah. some here's some toys from the Goonies that never had toys, and they're made to look like they would have years ago. It's like, that's kind of neat. And now it's like, oh, by the way, here's Stranger Things ones. Yeah. And I'm like, what's the point of that? Or they're making everything now. They make Transformer ones. I'm never going to own one. I'll say that now, and I'm uh, never going to backpedal on that. I'm never going to own one. They don't transform, and they're just yeah, they, they're, they're just, just cartoon models, and that's and dumb. And it's like purposefully shitty. It's like yeah. oh yeah, it's like we're making it bad on purpose. Like that's a little annoying. <laughs> yeah, and I think the worst examples of these things is like well, they're making like the old retro monster, like Universal monster movie ones. Those are popular. Yeah. They're making like these are huge. Like they're uh, is Alien and Predator ones, and the Predator ones just I roll my eyes at because Predator did have a toy line. Yeah, mm-hmm. when it came out alien. and it didn't look like those. Hmm. I don't know. I don't get it. It's it's the same with Funko Pops. I don't get it. I don't understand yeah. people who buy those things. It's like, and it's I I sorry. I want elbows and knees in a toy. And <laughs> I think it's funny that the one company that doesn't make these things, or they've made like a couple as as a like a, a retro feel, is Star Wars because it is Star Wars toys. And Hasbro has made a couple of them, but they're not polluting the shelves or anything. Mm-hmm. Instead, Hasbro is making, you know, high-end articulated figures in the old retro packaging, but they've been doing that for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's one. I mean, I don't understand retro collecting in general. I really can't stand it, just because I don't know. I I'm not someone who glamorizes. 30 years ago and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, I, I don't get it. People do. We have friends that do it. Oh, I got yeah. plenty of friends that do it. And I, but for me, I don't get it. I mean, and I said, I own a bumblebee, but yeah. I also had an attachment and I wanted it to go with my original and that's it. I didn't buy every single one. I bought one, like you own one of something and it's, mm-hmm. but I don't get those people who just buy cases of everything because they want it because it's, 
oh, it's like how toys used to be. Yeah, they were pieces of shit. I think my my favorite thing ever is a quote from Hot Tub Time Machine with these people who like glamorize the 80s and stuff. Is John Cusack just people are like, hey, the 80s can't be so bad. And John Cusack's like, fuck that. We had Reagan and AIDS. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and that's a quote that has stuck with me since that movie came out 10 years ago. And that's, I was like, yep, that sums it up perfect to me. Yeah. Sums mm-hmm. it up perfect to me. I've never really understood the glamorous. And I've had people tell me, well, you collect Transformers. Those came out from the 80s. Transformers is 35 years old and has never stopped. Yeah. It's, it's not that I have always hung on the original. I've always played with them. I've always collected them. It is not a product of an era that I looked up to or care yeah. about. It's not like you like it because it reminds you of the 80s. Hell no. That if I if that was the case, then I would own all the original toys. Yeah. But I don't. I mean, yeah. Well, we have a few minutes left. Let's. Uh, we've been recording for an hour and a half. So. Well, we didn't. Well, we we've been doing <laughs> for an hour and a half, but we didn't actually hit record for like 20 minutes. No, we've been recording for an hour and a half, haven't we? I don't know. I mean, the recording started. timer is uh, it's at uh, an hour and forty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know it says that, but I think that's the call, not the actual. Uh, the the call started at eight eight oh five, I think. So, yeah, it, it, which we've been recording for an hour and a half. Yeah. I'm used to longer podcasts, honestly. <laughs> so I never really think. My about worry it. is a long podcast that's weekly. <laughs> It's not that big of a deal. But um, I don't know, and, and I don't know that there's much to be said, I guess. So we might we can at least talk about uh, this first one just because it has to do with um, a little bit with you enjoying Sam Raimi. But it was announced, I believe, that Sam Raimi is going to direct Doctor Strange. Have you guys heard about that? No, I, I've heard about it, but I guess I while we were talking earlier, I googled it, and he's confirmed. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I, in all honesty, like I feel like that's gonna be. A, I, I'm excited about him doing Doctor Strange. I don't know how I felt about him doing Spider-Man, but I'm happy to see him do Doctor Strange. I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. I, I, <laughs> I just, I would just like it gives me hope because I feel like the first Doctor Strange, for as like much fun visual stuff as they did, it was a, a fairly like safe and pretty plain movie. All it was a very tame movie. It was weak. Like, yeah. I didn't feel like anything really happened. So I, I'm really hoping that someone can take the reins and, and make it pretty weird. Yeah. Um, I, I, and so I feel like we got a good shot for that. Mm-hmm. But... You got nothing on that, Matt, though? <laughs> I'll wait when production's done because I don't have too much faith that he's going to direct it. Yeah, you think oh, yeah. he'll back out? It's It's happened like three times with Marvel movies. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I'm going to wait because I still don't know if he's actually going to do it. Sam Raimi hasn't directed a movie since 2013. Oh, wow. What did he make? Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Uh, oh, Oz the Great and Powerful. I do not remember that. Yeah, it's James Franco. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, that's a Disney movie, too. That's kind of the crazy thing. Really? Uh, yes. It's a Disney mm. movie, and it is a prequel to the original Wizard of Oz movie. That's not in, that you kind of have to look away when it says that because it's an unofficial prequel because some other company owns that movie. Oh, 
Yeah. Nice. So they have the rights to the Oz books, but they wanted to make it in the same style as that movie because, you know, nostalgia. Right. Um, that was Sam Raimi's last movie he directed. He's done some TV stuff since then. He directed the first episode of Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Yeah. But he's mainly been producing. So I don't want to sound too negative, but I'm going to wait for fi- for shooting to finish before I'm convinced he's making it. That's fair. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um. I don't My want other... this movie to be his last movie he made, so I'm hoping he does do it. I think he'll be cool. I don't think anyone has to worry about uh, messing with his Spider-Man movies because those are Sony. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing you can expect out of this is it's probably going to have Bruce Campbell in it for one scene. Right, right. <laughs> and his brother Ted. Obviously. One, Ted's a delight. That's fine. Um, <laughs> the other thing I had on here is is uh, the list of new emojis, and we can either not talk about that or talk for a long time about that. But I don't know what it is. It's just the new emojis. They release new emojis every year. These are the 117 new emojis coming out. I don't think uh, I even have a device that... Yeah, you do. Do I? I mean, I've never looked at a list of emojis before. Is the picture on the website, is that the new emojis? Uh, I have to go back to the website... Uh, if you scroll down, there's just a big. Oh, they have where they have a they have a man with a a man in a wedding dress. That's a thing. Uh, and there's like a non-binary person in a wedding dress. That's what I meant. There's a man and a non-binary. And there's uh there's a quote-unquote non-binary uh in a tuxedo. Uh, There's a Russian nesting doll one. Yeah, that one's cool. I like how they got the dodo there. That's good. There's blue. There's blueberries. I like the yeah. seal. Yeah, these oh, are great. Yeah. I'll, Lungs? I'll definitely use these. Uh, <laughs> the beaver's pretty neat. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that the there's grave. a grave. That's dark. What's that? There's a gravestone one. Oh, yeah, there is. There's yeah. a cappuccino one. Is that just a random rock next to the tombstone? Yeah, it appears to be. <laughs> I like cut. the... I like the first emoji though, the dead inside one. Oh yeah, that's very the good. The tear. Yeah. yeah. Is that called dead inside? <laughs> yeah, that's how I would interpret that as well. I think that's quite good. Oh yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I could actually see myself using that one. Oh man. Yeah, I'm gonna use that a lot. Uh, I don't think these are coming out until the end of next of 2020. So. Oh sweet no. unisex bathrooms because why the fuck not? Yeah, dude. What I mean, yeah. This is great. Oh, there's a black cat. So you finally have an emoji for uh, for your cat. There's a rainbow pinata so you can beat down gay pride. Oh. And. That gives me a sad. It should. Uh, oh. And there's a, there's a mammoth that kind of looks like Alf. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think my favorite emoji still is one that I just never used, which is the wheelchair one. Why? I don't know. It's funny that it exists. Why wouldn't it? I like thread the needle one. That's that's a thing. Thread the needle? Oh, yeah. it's like a needle being threaded? Yep. Um, the top emoji of 2020, though, gotta be the olive. Gotta be the olive. That's the solid is it, emoji. Is it a green olive? It's a green olive. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that is. What, a green, it's a green olive. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna open my text real quick just so I can see this. You oh. can't use them yet. No. Oh, is it? Oh, is it a new one? Am I missing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Where's it at? Oh, oh, I, I don't know why I didn't think that was an olive for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I like the. There's some of these that are just borderline stupid. Well, I mean, we're getting to the point where it's just like, how many more emojis do we need? To a point where you can just create a full conversation. Oh, the sugar cook, the the uh, sugar cook, pretty neat. <laughs> is that, is is that, that or it's a was it a, a snicker? Oh, it's a snickerdoodle. You think so? Yeah, I think that's a snickerdoodle. Oh no, it's flatbread. That's a snickerdoodle. Do we do we sound like a bunch of old people right now? <laughs> that's <laughs> why trying to describe what these. That's why I wanted to talk about it because it's just so silly. I'm pretty sure it's the flatbread because if you if you scroll down and there's a list. Oh. And Oh. The, the one that looks like what I'm oh, yeah, assuming okay. looks like a snickerdoodle is flatbread. Oh, yeah, look at that. It does have a, a nice list. Yeah, it does say flatbread. It still looks like a snickerdoodle. It does. Yeah, no, I agree. Now we're never going to not think of that as the snickerdoodle. <laughs> <laughs> the knot seems pretty complex. It is a complex knot. It's a strong knot. Not an easy knot. Oh, the unisex thing's an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, I was kind of looking around, I'm like, what is he talking about? <laughs> I mean, from the small appearance, it just looks like universe uh unisex yeah. bath. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, oh, these man. are stupid. I they've got they've got um, some best of uh the previous years. I have to say, Matt, this is exactly what I was expecting out of you for this. <laughs> I I uh... I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't want to sound offensive, but I think the wedding ones are the dumbest thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, it's different strokes, I guess. I've just never just, used emojis to communicate. No, no, I use emojis once in a while, but it's just the same ones. But I don't yeah. know. I just, I get emojis are a form of communication, but I think it's just tries too hard. It's like who do yeah. we who do we who do we try not to offend while simultaneously offending unintentionally? Like, is there really a thing to is is there really a necessary emoji for feeding a baby? I mean, the ninja one is just adorable, but it that was just for fun. But some of these are like are just like intentional ways to communicate. Yeah, they, it's not necessary. Uh, that being said, yeah, the nesting doll is one hundred percent necessary. Oh yeah, that's gonna come up a lot. Well, it signifies that and the olive. It signifies things happening inside of other things. Right. Can't wait, Can't wait for that cat to be gray. A gray cat. Yeah. Or it can be Chloe. Yep. Is yeah. the boomerang? Yeah, boy, that one's gonna be used to, as a derogatory way for boomers. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Thinking outside the, the bucket. Like mop okay. bucket is totally going to be used for Super Mario. The mop bucket? Yeah, isn't that what that green bucket is next to the truck and the needle? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just a bucket. It's like a five-gallon bucket, I think. But yeah. It looks like a Mario tube. It does. Yeah, some of these are fine. Some of them are just dumb, but yeah. I mean, yeah, it's emojis. Yeah. I. It's always interesting to not learn about these things and then just go through your emojis one day and be like, oh my god, what is this? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, the hugging one's cute. <laughs> what? 
the two people, the grayish blue and the blue person hugging next to the army cap. Oh, the weird like flubbers hugging. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, so many baseball bats gonna be right next to those baby seals. Um... <laughs> Let's end this with my story. What's your story? Oh it's yeah, he's in the notes. What's up with that? Okay. All right. Get ready. So I'm at work yesterday, uh-huh. and this Asian guy came up to me, and I'm pretty sure he was Satan. Okay. I'm working, and he comes up to me, and I'm he has the most evil, sinister voice I've ever heard in my life. He comes up behind me and just goes, what is your drink? What do you drink? I must know. Is it Sprite? Is it Coca-Cola? I must know. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I, I don't know what to say. All I know is, is whatever I say, I'm going to learn what the Asian version of a golden fiddle is. And I just was like, I just I just drink water. That's, that's what I always say because I don't want to have a conversation. And he just goes, ah, very good. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I drink pop once a month. That's all I can do. It's good. It's all good, though, but it's good. And then he just turned around and went away. Disappeared in a puff of red smoke. I didn't know what to think. That's a really awkward conversation. That's how it sounded, too. I'm not making this up. He had an extremely low tone raspy evil voice and he was he looks like he 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 was like a, a just a, an asian guy he looked like like just a stereotypical like asian he had like the mustache fu manchu and everything it was terrifying but just to hear that <laughs> huh. come behind you is one of the most terrifying things i've heard at work <laughs> you know it's just some kind man just trying to to be nice to you <laughs> just happens to have the voice of the devil yeah 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 it didn't help that you know kurt russell ran up and punched him in the face but (laughs) (laughs) was he wearing a black turtleneck and selling objects that just like had slight curses to them i did have a mogwai in my car after i left that was okay (laughs) it's all coming Uh, together all right so uh on that note do we want people to talk to us on social networks? Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find me uh, Dexter, at DexterJ on Twitter or the Buzzkill Kid on Instagram. Matt? Uh, I'm look- uh, Go ahead, Tom. I'm looking up what my Twitter <laughs> is. I don't know it. Okay, cool. Um, I, I don't use my Twitter, so don't bother with that. Uh, join our Facebook page. We have a Facebook oh, page. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll talk to you on that Facebook page because uh, I'm an old man who uses Facebook. Yeah, I forgot. Right after our episode last week, I went and made all the things. So yeah. we have a Facebook, a Twitter, and an Instagram now. And Instagram will probably be the place for our like imagery for the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess Facebook too. Why not? I believe in both places it's recording live podcast. So for Facebook and for Instagram, we are recording live podcast. And then on Twitter, it's rec live podcast because they had a character cap. Mm. Oh, did they? Yeah, so it's rec live podcast, I believe, on Twitter. 
it's okay. All the links and stuff will stay recording live, so that's fine. Yep. Uh, I have my Twitter is Maddie oh nine eight four uh zero nine eight four. I'm sorry. Uh, I I because of this I do check it now, mm. and <laughs> we do have yeah we have a Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And so you can reach out. I've actually had quite a few people reaching out to me about this, which yeah. is really nice. Uh, I I even had someone from work. Obviously, Lee talked about it with someone because I had a, another guy that does my job just start randomly texting me yesterday asking about it. Hmm. I don't have his number stored, so I don't know who it was, and I forgot to ask him. <laughs> and so I meant to ask Lee about it, but I just spaced it off. I was going to ask him tonight. Uh, yeah, and I've had quite a couple of people, most people, uh, who've been asking me saying, what is this about? And I just say general discussion. We just kind of shoot the yeah. shit. We had a couple, a theme about, uh, the past two episodes cause it was supposed to be one, but we, uh, we went too long. Um, uh, I have some ideas for the next one cool. and yeah, it's, it's just, it's just, uh, three, four friends chit chatting, catching up. Because we yeah. can't really mingle together, but that's not to say we won't be. But you know, we just kind of talk. Uh, you know, there's going to be episodes where we just, you know, say what we did this week and what we want to do this week or what we've been up to, and that's about it. And but you know, there's plenty of stuff to talk about. We all share very similar interests, but yeah. for the most part, yeah, I just tell people just give it a listen. And I've had a lot of people asking me about it, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, it seems like it's it's doing pretty good. We. Yeah. I I mean I'll fully admit I just spammed my entire friends list just to get it out there which isn't a bad thing to do that's how you get people to figure out about it and stuff yeah so yeah I'm this has been a lot of fun we're on our th- uh, this is third episode third episode yep we've, longest episode yet we've surpassed our previous podcast which was two. Uh, yeah, except for the second episode that we recorded, I had issues with, and it never got released. We've surpassed it last week. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. tripled it. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it's, been, it's, it's a blast. We'll keep doing it. Uh, you know, it's not like this is a career or anything. It's more or less a hobby. Right. But um, it's a fun hobby. Yeah, and we we don't have ads, but I do have – I've been putting a link in the show notes uh, if you want stickers because what will happen is if if, if our viewers, viewers listeners, uh, order stickers from Sticker Mule, then you get a $10, $10 credit, and then we get a $10 credit, and then we can get stickers. So right. I want to do that. Cool. <laughs> All right. I've it. got some designs I've been working on for the past week that I need to send Dexter. So. Oh, yeah. I actually just had a really good idea while we were talking, and I sketched it. I'll send you a picture of it. Let, let's end this, and then we All can right. talk for a few minutes after. Yeah. Uh, okay, bye. Bye. Bye, everybody.